Hi there, welcome to the Healthy Jewish Mama podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Love, where we dive in each week to chat about your health, healing foods, and mindset to make it happen. I'm a holistic nutrition practitioner specializing in women's hormonal health, a mother of six who has been on a long journey of healing my body from pre-diabetes, PCOS, and more using the power of food. With a practice helping many women around the world heal their bodies with a step-by-step method that not only gets results, but makes the whole transformation delicious and easy as a way of life, even when life is crazy. And it could definitely get crazy. So pull up a seat and let's dive into these game-changing conversations. Welcome to the Healthy Jewish Mama podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Love, where we dive in each week to chat about your health, healing foods, and mindset to make it happen. I'm a culinary nutrition expert specializing in hormonal health, a mother of six who has been on a long journey of healing my body from pre-diabetes, PCOS, and more, and who is obsessed with the power of food on our ability to heal our bodies, as well as finding the ways to make it easy and happy to make these changes with our crazy, busy lives. Pull up a seat and let's dive into these game-changing conversations. Well, hey there. Welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Jewish Mama podcast. And today I have a very special guest, my very own mama, my mother, Rachel Rachel Bessin. She is part of my team in my Midbury Clinic in Israel, and today I want to introduce her to you. So welcome, Ima, to the podcast. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Okay, so let's start off by asking you a few questions. So how did you become a naturopathic doctor? Well, that was a very long journey, um, which started years ago. I was very interested, always interested in uh, alternative type of medicine. And when Miriam got interested as a teenager in learning naturopathy, I looked at all the brochures and I really, really wanted to to learn it also. But I had a career as a hair cutter and a wig stylist. And, um, and I had little children, so that was just put aside. But uh, later on, I realized my dream and went to study. So what brought you to actually go and study it in the end? In the end, it was actually um, as a result of me being very, very sick. I actually had a stroke. I had three strokes, but a major stroke when I was 42 years old, and um, that was uh, in order to heal and learn language again, I decided to follow my dream and start learning. So could you tell us a little bit about your stroke and how that happened? Well, I was uh, always pretty healthy and, you know, we had a pretty healthy house and, and whatever. And then When I was about 41, I started not feeling well. I started getting a lot of migraines, and the migraines came with uh, visual disturbances and blackouts and just kept getting worse and worse. And finally, I went to doctors, and they started doing tests. 
And I was in the middle of doing all kinds of tests on it. And at one point, um, some doctors thought that maybe I had MS, multiple uh, sclerosis. And right in the middle of the test, before we even got all the results, I had a major stroke. So that was actually the Shabbos that I brought Laser, my husband, over to meet everybody before we were married. Yes. But um, so, so what happened? How severe was the stroke? And what actually happened on the day you got the stroke? Okay, so it was a Shabbat morning. And I started feeling the most terrible, terrible pain in my neck. And that was really the blood clot that was stuck there until it went to my brain. And I had to get up to wake up my son to go do the, uh, the shul for his uh, friend's bar mitzvah. And I walked in to wake him up and I tried to talk and nothing came out of my mouth. That so, must have been really scary. It was. I like. I had no idea what was happening. I had all the thoughts in my head, but it wasn't coming out of my mouth. And I was really in a rush to get him up, so I just thought, went to like nudge him with my hand, and my hand dropped, and I couldn't even do that. So he looked up and saw me, and he's like, "Why aren't you talking?" And I'm like, "Uh, uh," like I couldn't get anything out, and he got. He was very traumatized. Somehow I made it down the steps before my legs went, and I couldn't move my legs after that. And my husband saw me, and thank God we had a lot of doctors in the neighborhood, and he ran outside and got one of the doctors who told them him to call uh, an ambulance, and they took me right away, and they saw right away that it was a stroke. And thank God... They put me on blood thinners right away, and then they started doing all kinds of tests to see what it was. Now, the funny thing, well, it wasn't funny. The thing was that when they did the test, nothing came out very... Problematic? Like, problematic. And the only thing that, you know, they saw, like, maybe it was, um, like, borderline, some sort of autoimmune disease they weren't sure and uh, but the one thing that they knew for sure was I had been on birth control pills and that was like a big red mark because um, it is known that people can get strokes from taking birth control pills but usually you have to have some sort of uh, pre-existing condition um, for that to happen so they couldn't find that pre-existing? Um, not really. I mean, they, I kept coming out borderline for an autoimmune disease that was called lupus anticoagulant syndrome. It's like a cousin of lupus disease. But it was never like totally positive. So okay. they just assumed that that's what it was. And they put me on blood thinners. Um, and then I was on Coumadin, and after six months, I had another stroke, but much less. And they said, oh, I guess it's not, your blood is not thin enough. So they upped the level to more, you know, so that I would have a higher level of Coumadin. And then I had another stroke six months later, and they checked my platelets, and they said that they were sticky, 
So they gave me aspirin. So I was on massive amounts of blood thinners. Like I was like a hemophiliac and um, my whole career ended because I was a hair cutter. And if you cut yourself, like I would just bleed to death. I also remember that we weren't allowed to really touch you so much because you'd bruised from every little right. thing. And when my kids were really little, we had to be really careful with them around you so that you wouldn't get bruises from like every little hug, you know? Yeah, I mean, I have uh, my bedroom, I have my bed, and I would just knock into the corner of the bed and I get a huge black and blue one. And I had to go for blood tests every, like, every other day for years or and then it went to like a week and then every other week and you know my whole arms were black and blue from it yeah wait so besides all that what happened with your speech because you said at the beginning you didn't have any speech I didn't have speech and I had a, the stroke actually the clot was in my language system oh. uh, part of my brain and I had to relearn how to talk from scratch. It was like I had the thoughts in my head, but the getting it out of the mouth was a problem. And also I lost a lot of vocabulary. And I'm living in Israel and English is my first language. So they wanted me to learn English first to get my first language back. And then I'd have to work on Hebrew. So it took about, and I had to have also physiotherapy and occupational therapy. I couldn't use my hands. I, I could hardly walk. I had, I dragged one leg and it was therapy for three years straight. And thank God I am, as you can hear, talking again and functioning. So how did this all bring you to study naturopathy? Well, because I live in Israel and I had to learn Hebrew. I'm like, how am I going to do that? And what am I going to do with my life? Like, I can't work at what I was working at. And I didn't want, I, I'm not the type of person to feel sorry for myself. I said, yes, I felt sorry for myself a little. And then I think I said, that's just really normal, you know, like, I'm just going to like add this in a lot of women that, that we deal with, like the first time they hear that they have some health problem, the first, you know, part of their whole journey is being really sorry for themselves. And I know that I went through that also. So I think that's just part like very normal to be sorry for yourselves at the beginning. Yeah, but, like, but that's okay. And right. You, and you have, Absolutely. To give, you have to give that to yourself. But then at a certain point, I was 42 years old. Right. And I had a family. And what was I going to do, like be a, um, a cripple for my whole life? I wasn't prepared for that. So I said, you know what? I'm going to start learning. It was learning in Hebrew, which was very difficult. And I said, let me do just one course and see. And I started very slowly. And I did one course for a few years. And I started, the more you work your brain, the more it gets better because you have different synapses on your brain that the more you work it, they develop, you know, new you cells. Know, it doesn't develop new cells, but it, it gets them working. Like you have a lot of cells that you don't use in your brain actually, but the more you do different kinds of activities with using your brain, 
the more of your brain cells work. So then I was able to go to two courses a year and it took me 10 years, which uh, to finish my degree, which usually uh, takes three years. Yeah, that was a big celebration. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So wait a second, let's just stop a second and talk about what is a naturopathic doctor? Like, let's explain that for all our listeners that don't exactly understand what you learned. Okay, so um, basically what it is, is we look at the whole body holistically, which means that we look at it as a whole. Like, if somebody has a problem with one thing, we see that other parts of the body affect that one part. It's not like, oh, you have a heart problem, so nothing else is happening. No, there's things that are happening all over your body that uh, affect your heart. Is that also relevant with um, smaller things? For, for instance, if you have eczema, eczema? Uh, absolutely. And the other thing is that we want to get your body to heal itself. God created our bodies to really self-heal. And when we give a little um, stimulation to certain things, then the whole body can heal. Yeah, I know a lot of people are surprised about that. Like a lot of times people tell me, you mean if I change the way I eat, my body will self-heal? And, you know, that's like the base. And they're so surprised by it. And I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And also... We want to get to the bottom and to the root of each problem, not just to give something to help the symptoms, although we do that also, but to really get to the bottom of why do we, what caused this problem? Where is it coming from? So that we could actually correct what's happening in the body. Okay. So let's take that to you and your health. And what did they, did they actually find in the end, what the root cause was to make you stop continuing having strokes on all the time? Well, actually, I very much believe in being your own advocate. And because I learned so much, I was able to um, understand what was really happening with my body. And it was nothing that they thought in the end. After 15 years of taking blood thinners and me going to lots of doctors and saying, why am I still taking this because actually every year I had to take a blood test to see if I had this um, illness that they thought I had and it kept coming out for at least eight, nine years negative. So I finally said to them, I want to know why I'm taking all this medication and it's come out negative for nine years. And they actually had a um, meeting of all the hematologists in the country to discuss my case after me driving them crazy. crazy. (laughs) Yes. And um, that's part of being an advocate, right? Right. (laughs) And in the end, one of the, my original doctor, we went over my whole case and they discovered that one of the main reasons that I had the stroke was not because of this autoimmune disease, but because I had tachycardia when I was younger, um, which was uh, which was repaired. That means that 
I had a racing heart, a very high pulse rate. And, um, and about two years after my stroke, they actually found it, like they were able to record it on an electrocardiogram. And then I had a procedure done to fix that. And they said, because I had that, um, because it, you had that procedure? The, no, be, oh, because yeah. I had the uh, the um, the fast heartbeat. When your heartbeat isn't regular, it throws clots. Oh. And, um, and it kept throwing like little clots. I had a lot of mini strokes that whole year that I had the headaches. I was having mini strokes. And finally, it all built up to one big clot that caused the major stroke. So did the hormonal birth control have anything to do with it as well? Absolutely. When you, especially if you have migraines with visual disturbances, you have to be very, very careful about taking hormones. Um, There are a lot of studies about it. But um, if I had known that uh, I was having, you know, that that was the cause and uh, plus I was having the hormonal pills, you know, I think that I would have, made different choices made different choices yes and um, now I'm off of all medications that's amazing yeah except for aspirin which is just a precaution and also for somebody my age and um and I'm living a healthy life and uh thank god able to see my children and my grandchildren yes and we're all lots of blessings we're all very, very blessed that everything turned out the way it did in the end. It was a very scary very. time for all of us. Yeah. So could you tell us what exactly is your job in the Midbury Clinic that we, um, on our team here in Israel? Miriam does a great job in dealing with the menus, nutrition, and everything that has to do with that. But there are other aspects of your healing your body and changing your lifestyle besides the eating. And that's where I come in. I've learned when I learned naturopathy, we also go through like, it's like learning medical school. And you, we learn all kinds of, you know, physiology, pathology, um, uh, lab tests, uh, different regular conventional drugs. So I have the whole background to be able to look at what is happening in the person based on their form that they filled in and deciding what tests, blood tests particularly, are important And based on all that information that we get, we can decide on a full plan that includes supplements, perhaps herbal treatments, along with the nutrition. Right. And I have to tell you, (laughs) someone asked me the other day, oh, did you choose your mom because she's your mom? And I said to her, you know what? I think I actually chose my mom, even though she's my mom. (laughs) Because, like, I know that we're both very committed to continuing uh, studying, looking into things like research, and it's not just you know we learned what we learned and we continue and and we we get to do that together also, which is awesome. I love doing that with you. Yeah, me too. And I'd say like at least a few times a month, I'm taking um, courses for continuing my education, always learning new things. Yes, so important. So let's finalize with what, let's give tips for all our listeners with what is 
your biggest tip to making healthy eating sustainable because when you have a health issue, you really need to make it a way of life, the way you change, the way you eat. And I know that a lot of women find it very hard to make that change. Like a lot of women say, okay, yeah, I'm going to make the change. And they go out to the store and they buy the whole health food store and they spend all day in the kitchen. But in the, at the end of the day, you know, a few weeks later, a few months later, it's not really sustainable as a way of life. And, and we really, I'd really appreciate any tip you could give to see how, how could we turn this really into a way of life? Well, I think that the most important thing is that to have a good mindset that you want to change, that you know that you have to change, but also to do the change very slowly. Because mm -hmm. if you do everything at once, you're like setting yourself up for failure. So you pick like one thing that you think you can do. And like really, really important is what uh, Miriam is going to teach about meal prep to have every, always have food at hand so that you you don't like become hungry and then end up like grabbing things that you shouldn't, but also pick one thing that you're going to concentrate and every few weeks, or if you need months, that's okay too. add something new until you get to your goal. You know, we actually talked about meal prep in last week's episode. So that's really cool that you yeah. brought that up. That's really important because, you know, you, everybody, I'm sure, leads busy lives. And just the thought that of preparing, like right at the time that you're hungry, that doesn't usually work because you just want to eat right there and then. Yeah, and then you just grab anything that you can see. Right. So, yeah, I really like what you said about um, having to take it one step at a time. I see a lot of women that we work with, that some of them, you know, they're they're in a stage where they have to make a change immediately. So they're very motivated and they're able to make like a huge change. But there are some women that say, I know I need to make a change. They're not like in such a horrible place, but I feel that the best way for them to make a change is really taking it one step at a time because every step that they take, they make it their own. They like really dig into it until they don't feel like they're fighting against their bodies. They don't feel like it's it's hard for them. It just becomes a way of life. And then they're able to move on to the next stage and really dig into that in a place where they're not like stressed out about getting everything right from the beginning, just knowing that they're on a journey. That's, that, that's very true. But even women that need a change very, very drastically right away also need to take it easy because it's just hard to change your whole lifestyle overnight. Yes, I totally agree. And also I did my change that way. I really took everything very slowly, but we'll talk about that a different time. Okay, Ima, thanks so much for being here. My this was pleasure. super fun. And, um, and we'll definitely have you on again many, many times. So until next time, thanks everyone for being with us. Bye for now. I'm wishing you all good health. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Jewish Mama podcast. If you loved this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. New episodes are dropping each Thursday and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I wanted to ask you, are you suffering from a certain hormonal imbalance? Do you have PCOS, perimenopause, endometriosis, prediabetes, infertility, or anything else? Did you know that you could 
most definitely heal using nutrition naturally, I wanted to invite you to join my full comprehensive one-on-one healing program. This four-month program, we work together to balance your hormonal system using delicious, nuanced-for-you nutrition, as well as supplements as needed. I help my patients gain control of their health and hormones naturally with a step-by-step process and delicious recipes. And we turn everything we learn together into a happy way of life. Reach out to book a free 30-minute consult call and see if we're the right fit for each other. Your health can be transformed. I'll add a link to this free consult in the show notes. Bye for now.